This is the Darnell Autry Show. I am Darnell Autry with Daniel Blunk. And here we go. All right, listeners. So in previous episodes, we're going to continue on with the process of this filmmaking process. In the previous episodes, we did um, where the money comes from. And obviously, not to rehash it, but let's rehash it, that it comes from essentially your effort and your work and your experience, right? So your ability to do a lot of smaller projects, uh, perfect your craft, and then um, from there you'll have the opportunity to maybe present to someone that would be willing to invest. And then, of course, if it's your pet project and you're willing to <laughs> finance your whole life for it, then then go ahead and do it. Obviously, I wouldn't recommend it, but, I mean, some people are um, – Built differently. Uh, and then we went to the next one where we're talking about the development and the pre-production where it's really an opportunity to do all your homework, set yourself up for success so that when it comes time to actually shoot, um, that you don't miss anything, that you stay on budget, that you stay on time, um, and that you've had a really positive, that you've set yourself up for a really positive actual um, principal photography and post-production um, session. So today we're going to talk about the principle of photography and the post-production process of, of filmmaking. And I, I love talking these, these, um, these topics with Daniel specifically. He's got a lot of experience in, in the, the photography and post-production, um, side of this, of this process. And so, I always am marveled at some of the things that he's come up with and the, and the, and the advice, because again, I've been through this process maybe twice. I mean, the actual to, to know how it works and, and to be a part of it, but to actually do it, implement it. Obviously Daniel's um, got far more knowledge than I do at the editing and the shooting um, process. So, all right. So now we're going to pick it up. With the principal photography, so it's day of, right? Yes, this is it's, day it's we're shoot filming. day, baby. It's shoot day. Actors are fired up. They got the little, the little wardrobes all set up. They've got the makeup. I love it. I love it. So probably the first piece of advice right off the bat is no matter how much you prepared, something is not going to go your way today. Fair enough. It won't. Something won't go your way. Gotcha. So you got to be able to deal with that. We dealt with... 90 minutes of the lawn maintenance. Yeah, which I did not prepare for, which yeah. I did not think about the day of my pre-production yeah. of that was, well, my development and, and pre-production stuff of that was not right. But obviously, so we were do, we were shooting and there was people outside of the hotel were doing lawn maintenance and stuff. So yeah. the guy was blow, you know, the blow leaves, leaves. Yeah, the leaf, the leaf blower, blower for like. like the loudest leaf blower ever. <laughs> right. Really? Right, right, right. She had like a muffler on that right, thing. Right, right, What do you call those, what are those cherry bomb mufflers? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um. Because I remember you had said that they had, they must have just, or you found out that they had just changed schedules. Yeah, yeah. Fair they enough. usually yeah, did in the late afternoon because it was yeah, it season, yeah, season change, yeah. yeah, seasonal change, whatever. So we had prepared for okay to get out of there by a certain time because they're going to start the lawn yeah, maintenance. That's right. That you're right. And that, that they, did, yeah, it was that. It was the yeah. So it, it's one of those things. You think you have the information. Yeah. And we prepared for it, but now it's like, okay, now it's the other way around. Now we're sitting around for nine minutes because you absolutely could not hear anyone think right. as loud as that, that leaf blower was. 
So that's the kind of thing that's going to happen. So just be prepared. Be prepared that you're going to have to, that you didn't prepare for something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once again, and I know I'm not perfect at this. No one I know is perfect at this. But try as much you can to treat your actors best you can. And that can mean anything from if you want them to show up, if you tell them, okay, be here at 7 a.m., we're going to have you make up and we're going to start rolling at 7.30, then really try to be rolling at 7.30. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 a respect thing. It's a respect thing across the board, both both ways, right? Yeah. The actor says they're going to be there at 7, be there at 7, because the director's ready to go at 7.30, yeah. which means you got to get in your hair and makeup and all that, costume, wardrobe. You know, if that's the case, you're respecting the director, you're respecting everybody on the set, essentially. So, and mm -hmm. it works both ways, right? It works both ways. As a, as, as a director, you know, if you're going to have the actors there at 7, and you said you're going to shoot at 7.30, then let, we're ready to shoot at 7.30. Yeah. And, and of course, if... If your filmmaking style is just you and your friends and you just slap stuff together, that's cool. But understand that once you start working with actors and it becomes more professional, yes, you the got, next you level got to up, account for yes. that. Yeah, yes. So we got day of, and hopefully, and here's one for the filmmakers: double check that you brought everything to set. Mm. Did you bring every prop? Did you bring, if you're in charge of wardrobe, did you bring every piece of wardrobe? You Nothing like holding up for somebody to make a run to go back I'm to the house you. to, and heaven forbid you shoot on location in a short amount of time and you didn't bring that right thing at yep. the time. And yeah. I'm speaking from experience because <laughs> I have wasted 45 minutes of a shoot day going, hey, where's XYZ? Oh, I thought you had it. No, I thought you had it. Crap. I'll be right back. And be right back is 45 minutes. Yes. And so, it may, maybe longer depending on where exactly that yeah. thing is that you did not have. Yeah. So double check, double check the night before, double check the morning of. I mean, double check, triple check, quadruple check. Yes. Have all your stuff. Have It's all the little things. It's all the little boring things, right? Are all my batteries charged for yes. my cameras and my sound equipment? So you have all the stands you need, yep. all the lighting, the shims, and all that stuff. Is everybody accounted for that needs to be there? Yeah. You know, yeah. is everything where it needs to be? Oh, you bring up a great point. Prepare for somebody not showing up. Especially when you when you when you do when you're doing yeah when you're doing small independent uh, no one's getting paid type of stuff, life happens, mm -hmm. you know um, emergencies come up life comes up, yeah. you know that that stuff happens, but obviously the the higher up you go the more professional it becomes and the yeah. the the more responsibility is required and you know especially if you're talking big budgets, you know, bigger budgets, more professional, mm -hmm. you know, as an actor, you know, you, you, one, you want to be obviously on time to start with, right? You got to be on time. That's just the yeah. way it works. And you got to be off book, assuming that that's the kind of project that it is. Like heaven forbid you run into a Daniel project and there is no script, then that's <laughs> a, and you don't work well without a script, then there's a whole different thing, but you would have decided to do a project like that anyway, because that's just not how you built. But yeah. If you're going to do a big project and you need to be X amount of time, be there for hair and makeup, and you um, 
know that traffic is bad, then you sh you leave an hour and a half, two hours earlier, whatever it takes. Because again, you know, showing up should be the easiest. Being on time should be the easiest part because it's it's grueling. It's a tough process, and and you know, it's very time specific, and time is money. You know, so heaven forbid you be the actor that shows up forty five minutes late, and they have to go to a different scene because you were a part of that that scene. You know, for the day, you just now screwed the whole schedule up because you decided to be there forty five minutes late. Yep. I mean, it's not a good look. It's yep. really not. Assuming that you get to keep your job, because who knows? Like those big <laughs> yeah. projects, look. Yep. Onward and upward. Yep. And with that, once again, like Darnell always says, you're gonna have to wear a lot of hats. A lot of different hats. Especially when you're starting out. Absolutely. That's your equipment. You're the one that's going to load it up in the car, get it over there, unload it. You got to keep an eye on everything. Make sure that you put everything back, that you don't forget something at the house at the end of the day. That's all you. If it's your movie, if you're the filmmaker, you should be having the least amount of fun. Because if you're having all the giggles, but... Your crew, your cast is all down to dumps. You're screwing up. Yeah, fair enough. It should be you stressing out. It should be you running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And being the inspiring, yeah. coaching, mentoring, bringing everybody down, bringing the morale up, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, making sure that they're having a good time. Because that's, no matter how small the project is, even if it's not your pet project, that's still your vision. Yes. That's still everyone coming together to help you bring your vision to life. Now, I get it. Have I always been perfect in that regard? Of course not. Right. I've learned over years how to, you got to keep your cool. You got to be, it's not that I'm mad at anybody, but I'm stressing about, oh man, we got to get done. I'm thinking about too many things. And now I'm not speaking to my actors the way I ought to be. Happens. You got to, you got to learn to do that better every time. Yes. And this is why start with smaller projects. Learning how to talk to two actors is a little easier than learning how to talk to 24 of them. Truth. 40 of them. And, and, and talking to A-listers and talking yeah. to, you know, real pros that have been around for a long time. I mean, you know, recognizing people's styles, you know, how people like to, um, work, how they work in, mm -hmm. on set, how they work with scripts, how they work, you know, with movement and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of, um, a lot of different styles and different ways that people like to do things. And you hear it all the time about, you know, this actor didn't like this director or this director didn't like this actor or this actor didn't like this co-actor. I mean, it's all of these things are the very human part of a project, right? And so it's on the the vision of you as the director slash producer slash wardrobe slash whatever, whatever it is, all the hats you wear to build and connect it all together, to bring it all together. And mm -hmm. so inevitably you're going to run into challenges of actors that don't feel like this or actors that feel this way or actors that want to do this and not that. And so it's, it, you become a coach and a mentor of like, Hey, yeah, no, I <laughs> see where you're going with it, but, yeah. but I can't, but the reason that we have to do it this way is because of this and they go, okay, great. And then they do it that way. Or, you know, they say, well, what about this? And you go, you know what? I like it. Let's do it that way. So, so you got to be able to bend and flex and be a people person, right? Because we're all human beings, right? And, and balancing between 
the way they like to do things and the way that your vision it should be played out. Yep. And so you, 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 you have that responsibility since it is your project. Yep. And the same way you're talking about, Hey, if you got to be there at seven, be there at seven, show up on time. That's on an actor. That's on a crew member stuff like that. For you, the filmmaker, if you're telling people, yeah, we should be out of here by six and it's nine 30 at night and you still got two more scenes to shoot. Think about how much you messed up their day. If you go three hours over, imagine if that actor showed up three hours late. Yeah. How would you feel about that? Yeah. Okay, that's the same amount of time you're taking from them. And that's very, I mean, I think that's a very, that's a very respectful and kind way of going about the business, you know. And obviously when you start getting into unions and things like that, it's a whole different ballgame. Mm -hmm. There's time frames and things that they can't, you can't go over and blah, 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 blah. But when you're talking about the realm, we're talking about the, this is your project, you're shooting it, this is your money, this is your, your project, that yes, you know, you want to obviously respect the time of your cast and crew it's it's paramount yeah and if you're gonna go over then the the explanation needs to be very clear it's not just i'm trying to be perfectionist or i really don't care about your day or care about your time no there's i mean and again things happen and as actors we we go we get it mm -hmm. but like you said you're absolutely correct that if you were going to go over three hours and not say anything about it and just expect that everybody's going to be cool with it yeah that's that's a whole different ballgame yep because even the even your movie yeah we had that 90 minute delay we still got out of there the time we said we we're going to get out of there right now did we get every shot the exact exact way we wanted no now did that put a burden on us in post-production yes but it's not any of those actors fault that we had to wait for 90 minutes. Correct. It's not like they got to just leave and go get the grocery shopping done and come back. Right. They were on set with us. Yes. Sitting around trying to stay in it. Yes. So I can't go, well, you know, we got delayed 90 minutes, so too bad you guys got to stay 90 minutes. It is over. what it is. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. We'll deal with it and patch this thing together as best we can because of those 90 minutes worth of shots we didn't get. Right. And we didn't get them. That's 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 facts. We did we just we we didn't. I mean, that's just the way yeah. it works. But the the story was still told in a coherent manner. It's not like we left like big major stuff out. <laughs> like this. Wait, what was yeah. that about again? I don't yeah, get we, it. We didn't miss like the entire second act or anything like that. Right. No, no, no. But those are those kind of things that you have to prepare for you have to know that something is going to cause me to run behind schedule so i got to deal with it you know and this is why i love the idea of a lot of small projects is you can't learn this stuff unless you go through it yeah truth and you just figure out where where is my good enough ometer where is it set at is it actually am i actually seeing good enough is it we, we need we actually do need to do it again because that we just don't have it yet, or yeah, good enough. We have it's good enough. I'll make it work. Which one is it? It's the it, but it's also the balancing of time frame too, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. you know, I I you know, you hear stories about directors that do shoots no less than you know 30, 40 times, same scene over and over and over again, and that's I mean again, but you're talking about professionals that have been in the industry that have 
uh, that command a certain amount of, you know, salary and 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 that holds a certain amount of weight in Hollywood. And so, you know, anybody that takes a project with them knows and understands that's the way it goes. You know what I mean? They, right. they are notoriously f- notorious for, mm-hmm. you know, long drawn out scenes retaking over and over again. And you got some that are like, Hey, listen, they expect you to be their best at top five and then they move on. Mm-hmm. So it's just, so it's all these things that you learn, you know, when he talks about small projects, you know, learning these kinds of things that you just can't get, you can't simulate that, right? You can't simulate um, an actor that just doesn't understand where they are in, in the scene, you know, that can't quite emotionally get there. How do you get them there? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a tough, that's a tough thing. Yep. You know, that's a, hey, right now, you know, because we're human beings, you know, I, I came to set, I tried to be clear headed, but, you know, this thing with my mom is just getting in my head and I just don't know how to reach this level at the scene that requires. How do I do that? And that's on you as the filmmaker slash director slash producer to make it work, you know, to, 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 and then that's just a relationship between actors, not to mention, you know, if this couch wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be bigger. So we can't physically do what we were going to do on this couch. It only sits three people. I thought it set four or five. <laughs> yeah. Now it's a different, you know what I mean? Now the scene yeah. is a different thing. So there's yeah. all these kind of things that you can't simulate, you know, in just conversating or look it up or see it on, you know, you can just, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you can liken it to, there are things you've experienced in a game that there's no way to simulate that in practice. No, no, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for me, it's always been the difference between um, good and great, right? Because great players make the adversity things work for them. You know, great players make, you know, the unforeseen work. Right. You know, great quarterbacks make throws that most good quarterbacks can't make because they got creative with it. They said, "Okay, we're going to do a back shoulder throw on this one as opposed to try to to lead him. And and and, you know, good quarterbacks will lead him and that'll be good. But great quarterbacks will scramble and throw it and, and do a back shoulder and they'll make the completion out of, you know, the line breaking down and all these things. Cause no, is every play is drawn up for either a first down or a touchdown. That's just the way it's built. That's the way we draw it up. Yeah. Everybody's yeah, yeah, blocked. Yeah. You know, this, you know, this double team works, this player gets blocked, that player gets blocked. I got news for you. There's a lot of defensive players out there that are not interested in getting blocked. <laughs> right. That are very good at not getting blocked. Okay. So, you know, you're going to have to account for that. You know, and, and a lot of teams, you know, they you you work with it, you get it, but sometimes you just don't know how much they don't want to be blocked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Khalil Mack is an animal, you know. Yeah, so you, you mean you, you can you can try to assimilate what he what he can do on the field, but until he actually starts doing it to you on the field, then you're like, oh okay, I gotta oh okay, this might be a long day for me. So you got to, so, so the great ones make it work, right? You know, Max gets doubled. Okay. I know that's going to happen. So now I got to overcome that. You know, good players will get through it once in a while. Great players do it all the time. They deal with it all the time and they, they work with it every single time. So, you know, for me, that's the difference between the, the good and great, you know, the, the, the good enough and dealing with adversity and when the adversity comes, you actually make something positive out of it. That's mm. that's the you know what I mean. Yeah. That's the the teetering. So, 
Yeah, there yep. there is that yep. that line. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, hopefully, you've you've been able to make it through, and you've got all your now you got all your footage. Okay, so we got everything. So, Every shot we wanted that we programmed out, that we listed yeah. of the short films, how many, what would you say an average, average? Like how many, I mean, it probably wouldn't be how many scenes. It'd probably be like how many hours, right? I mean, of mm -hmm. a, let's say I'm going to shoot a, I'm going to shoot this 20-minute short. Yeah. What do you got? Two hours, four hours, six hours of footage? I have... Oh, let me think. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, yes, I yes. liken it to hours on set. Gotcha. gotcha. Hours on set. And I've, I think the best ratio for a movie I ever worked on was two hours of set time equaling a minute of finished product. See, and that's, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 hours, 10 hours on set total to have a five minute film. See, and that's see, that's a that's a long day. Yeah, because that's a long couple of days. Yeah, because it's you know whatever is the first day. Let, let's say okay, we start at ten in the morning and we go to four, so that's six hours. And then the next day we go noon to four. That's the other four hours. There's our ten hours, and from that we got a five minute movie out of it. So yeah, so and and that's not that bad. Consider I think what was I reading? I think the movie Apocalypse Now had a total of, and I mean, not the time they sent, they spend on set. I mean, the actual number of hours of film, film footage they have. They had 200 hours wow. of film footage. Wow. That they whittled down to a two-hour movie or two-and-a-half-hour movie or whatever Wow. It they just filmed and filmed. They just filmed everything. That's incredible. That's right? That's incredible. And I think, um, oh, who, I think it's Walter Murch that, edited that movie. He said he had never worked on a movie with that type of a ratio of total footage right. and finished product. Before. That's yeah, that's that's a lot. It's crazy. So and this is why we always talk about that any movie has ever been finished is a miracle. I mean it truly is. You hear George Lucas's story about the original Star Wars and how funding fell through and all these different things happened on set and all this different stuff was going on, and yet somehow, some way, he still scraped it together to still hold it together to make the start of what turn, turns out to be a absolutely brilliant billion-dollar yeah. franchise. Yeah. So, we, so let's pretend that we actually managed to get our footage. Yes, let's pretend we get it all. And we got every scene and every shot that we ever hoped we right. could ever get. We actually got what we wanted. All right, now we're in post-production. So now we got to assemble this, all these parts into a cohesive story. There's a, there's a thing that everyone knows, no matter how uh, separated you are from the movie industry, fix it in post. Right? Everyone's heard that. Right. Fix it in post. That's half true. It's half true. Now, I wouldn't recommend fixing your mistakes in post because that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. But what you can do is you can plan for the things that you would rather do in post-production. Mm. Um, a friend of mine did a film where he, and he took this idea from Quentin Tarantino, it was a dinner scene. So he had felt pads on the bottoms of the chairs. Mm -hmm. 
And I think he, he had all the, even though they were in, you know, nice, fancy, schmancy clothes to sit at dinner, they all wore sneakers, athletic shoes. And then the bottoms of the plates had felt pads, felt dots on them. The bottoms of the glasses, the cups all had felt dots on them because he didn't want to record any of that noise. He didn't want to record mm. the clang of a glass being put down on the table or the clang of, you know, a fork into a plate or right. the screech of a person moving the chair. Right. He put all those sounds in in post-production mm. because he said it was way faster to do that. Than to worry about the chair being slid out too loud whether you couldn't hear yep. what was being said. Yep. Interesting. So there is something to do it in post. To, to, to planning to do it in post. Yeah. Yeah. But fixing your big old screw up, I would not recommend fixing that post. You fix it on <laughs> set. Fix it right then and yeah. there if you can. Yeah. Of course, the post-production thing is, like they always say, you, you tell a story three times. The first time when the writer writes it. Right. The second time when the director directs it. Mm -hmm. And the third time when the editor edits it. <laughs> right. So, right, right, right. So by the time you get... Is get to finished product, that's not your story anymore. Right. It's at least two other people's stories. Right. Unless you're that lucky fella or that lucky gal that you got to do all those things yourself. Right. Which is not very lucky. But yeah, gotcha, <laughs> right. gotcha, gotcha. So post-production is a lot of, that's where the lessons are really going to get learned. Mm. Where you go, oh, I should have done this instead. Yeah. That's, so you would so you would advise that if somebody was going to do something small that they should edit it. They should sit in, hundred percent, or sit with someone while they're editing it, and yep. then go, oh, yeah. what about that scene? I'm like, well, you can't put that scene in there. Why? Well, because of this, this, and this. You go, oh, yeah. And the wonderful thing about being able to edit now on a computer, right, is I can show you your idea, and then we can you know hit delete, and we can do it my way, and be okay here. In a, in a matter of minutes, I can show you an entirely different way to cut this together. Right. Then you can see it for yourself. Like, oh, yeah, my idea kind right. of doesn't work. It doesn't to shoot jive. this person talking as opposed to shoot this person watching is yep. far more effective and far more powerful than yeah. shoot the person watching and listen to the person yeah. talking. So it's like, because it does set, you know, you're having a conversation, it's a two shot or a single camera shot, and you're yeah. shooting you first to talk, then you're shooting my reaction second and then when you go to edit it, you realize that it's far more powerful to watch my reaction than it is to hear, to see you say what you're saying. Yeah. Right. But yep. it's a, but it's a, and I remember you talking to me about that when you were editing the scene we did for your film and that you were like, oh, it was better to get, you know, your reaction than to, or better to get my reaction than to hear you actually talk. Yeah. Than it would be to watch me say something and. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listeners, the, the scene we're talking about, I'll, I'll set the stage for this. We shot it, we shot the entire scene four times through. Right. Once where the camera is looking past me facing Darnell, one time where it's looking past Darnell facing me, one time where it's a close-up on Darnell, one time it's a close-up on me. So when I edited it, I used none of the close-up footage. There None of it. Half yeah. that footage just ended up on the cutting room floor because it just didn't, like you say, it just didn't convey anything. So the entire conversation 
you can see both characters in every shot. No matter how we move the camera or move shots, right. you can always see both persons' faces. And it was much more effective that way. Right. So you're going to learn those things. You're going to swear, we got to get this coverage. And then you're like, oh, I don't need it. And there's, there's going to be or another scene. Or you don't scene. want it. You're like, that, yeah. none of that looks yeah. as in my head when my eyeballs are watching it <laughs> through the cameras different yeah. than what it actually looks like from just what the camera captures. Yeah. And then there's going to be another scene that you swore, I, we just need this one camera angle. That's that's all we need. It'll capture everything. And then, man, we really should have got some close-ups. Should have got another, should have got at least two Dang more it. shots of that. Dang yeah. it. And you are going to learn that. And that's why you're saying, should you, even if you don't edit yourself, should you at least sit there with the editor? Yes, 100%. Because it's painstaking. And just that one experience of doing it, it's, oh, I know how to map out every other stage from here on out. Yep. I know yep. how to, I mean, I've learned to be a better writer from editing. Right. Because I'm like, oh, I'm picturing it in my mind and I'm going to write it the way I'm picturing it in my mind. I can picture it better now. Right. My pre-production is, okay, I got to make sure we're here. I got to make sure we get it from this angle. And then we're going to get it from this third angle because I, I just have a feeling I'm going to need that. Right. How many times does that happen? You're like, God, oh. thank goodness that I actually just took the extra step to take that one other angle. Yeah. And the biggest, the biggest, and I, I should have brought this down the principal photography section, but the thing that I have heard more times, and it has been a blessing every single time, is somebody on set as the day we're filming is going to say, Hey, what if we got the shot from here? Nobody had all of our overheads. None of it. Did we, did we plan to put the camera way in the corner over there? Right. But somebody wandered over to that corner and was looking at the rehearsals thinking, huh? Hey, what if we shot it from, from this angle? I've heard that. Oh, I'm going to say once every single time I've been on a project, somebody said that. Right. When it's happened on, on projects I worked on where I was the director, I was a cinematographer. Mm -hmm. I've always ended up using that footage. Interesting. Always. Interesting. Because somebody else's vision and view and perspective was probably outside the realm of what you were thinking originally. Yep. Gotcha. And it, so that's another thing. Stay humble. You're going to receive just a great piece of advice. Just somebody's going to say, Hey, come take a look at it from this angle real quick. And it's going to, oh, you're right. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great shot. That's a great angle. I spent a week and a half figuring these shots out. And somehow in two minutes, you so wandered you over wandered, there. Because like, that's where the trash can was. Right, right. You're like, huh, this looks amazing. Right. You got to be humble enough to just, hey, thanks. I got it. I like it. Right. Awesome. So in the post-production, that, that, to me, that's the big thing is you're going to learn all your lessons in post-production. You're really going to understand what it is to make a movie in post-production. The other ones, the other phases. Right. The, the screenwriting phase, yes, the pre-production phase, the principal photography phase, absolutely, you're going to learn tons. I have learned the most in post-production. Because it's every part of the vision visually implemented. Yeah. 
and now piecing it together and puzzling it together for it to continue to tell the story. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, and hopefully you've marked it, yep. you've, uh, hopefully you've marked it correctly. Yeah. That you've, you've, because if you didn't do that, then, then it's going to take much, much longer. Yep. I've already made that mistake. Right. Right, right, right. Of what shot is this? <laughs> <laughs> which which audio does it? Because right. the audio numbers and the video numbers are not the same numbers. It's right. like, which one does this go to? Right. Now we had to figure every other one out. Right. To eliminate which one you yeah. know it's not. Is it this one? Oh, yep. you know what? We need to re-record that. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like, well, there you go. Lesson learned. Yep. That's why you do the small projects. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Daniel, it's always like when I when I hear you talk about the process and and all your lessons, it's it's always incredible to me, and I've always learned something from you. And again, I, I just continue to look forward to like learning from you and growing as we actually continue to do real projects and yeah. we get more right on. Uh, more lessons. And I hope you listeners got you know took some tidbits out of there. And again, hopefully it doesn't seem too daunting for you to continue your process and to continue to learn. Because again, as I've always said, you know, in the arts, it's a, it's a long process. There's never a destination. It's always the improvement and the exploration of your, of your craft and growing within your craft. So I want to encourage you to continue to do so. I've learned a lot today. I hope you have as well. And uh, this is Daniel. Thank you, listeners. And uh, trust me when I say these are just guidelines. I would love for someone out there to do everything opposite of what I'm recommending <laughs> and still come up with way better stuff than me. I would I would love to learn from you all the ways that you do it as compared to the way I recommend to do it. So remember, there is just advice. It is is not there to lock you up in a cage is to set you free. So with that, uh, Daniel signing off. Thank you for joining us at the Darnell Autry Show. We're out. <laughs>